T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Any laws. Yes, indeed. I am joined from the University of Minnesota by Mary Meyer, Professor Emeritus Mary Meyer. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Danny. Great to hear your voice. Find out what's new this year. Oh, we're getting a little echo. I'm not sure. Okay. How does this sound? Can you hear me? Now we're, I think we're good to go. We're good to go. Great. All right, Mary. Good uh, to go. A great day for gardening. Oh, you know, this is, I know it's cooler than average as we've been hearing, but I wanted to ask you, this is, (laughs) this has to be great. I mean, my lawn after last year's drought, my lawn looks better than it has in quite, uh, quite some time. This cool weather is good for that, isn't it? The cool weather is great for lawns, and we've had a wonderful amount of moisture this spring. So cool weather. You can see the the cool season uh, grasses that we grow and cool season vegetables really enjoy this weather. And, you know, flowers last longer when it's cool. So we are able to enjoy right now azaleas blooming and lilacs at the same time. So we often don't see that in the spring, but it's just a gorgeous just a weather pattern for many plants. Can we uh, plant things like, you know, Memorial Day for years, people, you know, end up planting their their gardens, their vegetables and things. Uh, Is this, uh, I mean, this is okay to do this now. I presume we're we're pretty uh, pretty safe to, uh, to get that done. Yes, it is pretty safe to get that done. We really have very, very rarely do we get a frost this late in the year. Um, it can happen in low spots, but in certainly in northern Minnesota. But for the most part, we are frost-free. We're into our growing season. Um, and as we've been saying, the cool season crops, uh, coal crops, lettuce, uh, the leafy greens and so on, like cool weather. Our warm season crops, tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, squashes, they would like to have it a little bit warmer, but uh, they're still okay. And yes, I would. I have planted almost my total garden now, so I'm, I'm getting almost done with planting uh, vegetables. And working outside is, is really comfortable <laughs> this time of year. Oh, like, yes. It's so comfortable. That's right. You, you mentioned uh, like northern Minnesota. We, we got a text message from a listener uh, earlier this morning. Now at 63 now officially in the Twin Cities. Uh, he is spending the weekend in Two Harbors area. Said it was raining in 44 in, uh, in Two Harbors. Oh, so my definitely. gosh. Such a difference. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, but I, I wanted to invite our listeners to join in, uh, Mary. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, and if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we tend to get really busy here with questions, either by phone or by text. If you'd like to call and chat with Mary, great. If you want to just send Mary your uh, lawn or garden question via text, that's good, too. Uh, the, it's just one number to remember for either the phone call or text, and that number is 651-461-9226. So don't wait. Uh, give, us, uh, give us a call or uh, send that text uh, right away. Uh, here's one that came in a bit ago, uh, Mary. It says, uh, text that is, uh, I have something eating holes in my coneflower leaves. All my other flowers are fine not being eaten. What do you think that could be? It's hard to tell exactly what it is without finding the insect. Uh, One thing that does do quite a bit of damage if the holes are large are slugs. And slugs uh, really come out, they're nocturnal, so they come out at night. So it could be hard to locate them and see them unless you go out with a flashlight at night and start looking. But until you can actually find the insect, we really don't recommend that you do anything except close inspection, underside of the leaf, down in where the leaves are uh, close together, you might find some insects hiding. If you also can find a pattern to the way the damage is done on the leaf, uh, the uh, four-lined plant bug makes quite a pattern. Its holes are so perfect, and they're they're like a hole punch took a and and ate part of the leaf. But slugs are not so perfect. They are uh, along the edges, or they will take bigger chunks out. Uh, you can also go to uh, the website, our extension.umn.edu and look up what insect is that or uh, what's wrong with my plant for pictures that might look uh, like the damage you have. But until you can find the insect, I would say just continue to do inspection. Try to find that insect. I was just going to mention, I thought, I thought that would be a great idea to get on the university website. We'd love to mention that anyway throughout this hour, extension.umn. Dot edu and uh, we'll, we'll do that again before uh, Mary leaves us today. Again, here is our phone number. It's also the text number, 651-461-9226. Let's say grab a phone call or two, Mary. I think uh, Julie is calling in from Fridley this morning. Julie, you're on with Mary. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Um, I live on the river, and I have these big cottonwood trees, and I've got carpenter ants. Um, I had a big limb trimmed, and they um, came in to, to contact with a big nest of carpenter ants. My question is, what can I do? Well, there are specific chemicals that will control ants. Um, there are ant baits that you can use that you actually sprinkle on to actually where the nest is. And as long as you use those according to recommendations, that can take care of the ants um, where the nest is. And as long as you use those according to recommendations, that can take care of the ants. Um, depending on exactly where they are, 
Um, hot water is another treatment for ants. Of course, if you put that on uh, a living plant, that's going to kill the plant itself with the hot water. But um, sometimes ants in brick uh, walkways and so on, you can kill them or have them disturb them by using hot water. So I would say um, either use a recommended uh, ant bait that you follow the directions on or uh, try the hot water method. I'm not really sure, uh, Julie, exactly where the ants are, but it seems like that somehow they are they may be moved when the cottonwood tree was trimmed, I think. Okay, well, good luck with that, Julie. Uh, Michael, you're gonna be next. I, uh, uh, we're gonna take a break, a real quick break. And uh, again, Mary, uh, let's invite our listeners to join in, either by phone or by text, 651-461-9226. If you're just joining us, Mary Meyer from the U of M is answering your lawn and garden questions here on our Smart Garden Show. On this Saturday morning, News Talk 830 WCCO, 63 degrees. We'll be right back. And welcome this Saturday morning to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here, along with, uh, from the University of Minnesota, Professor Mary Meyer. Mary, we've got, uh, boy, we've got, as usual, so many callers and so many texters. Uh, let's uh, get back to it. I think Michael, we left off. Michael and Blaine is going to be next up here on the phone. Then we'll grab some text. Michael, good morning. What is your question for Mary? Yes, good morning. Uh, up in uh, the north end of Blaine, where I live, uh, including on our yard, uh, many of the ash trees this year seem to really have leafed late, and some are still not leafed fully. You can see buds on them; they're not coming, you know. Versus the maple trees, whatever. I have three ash trees in my yard when we built our house in 30 years ago, but so many of them, and and uh, and then there are a lot of dead branches on on the trees too. So, is that an ash borer issue, or is that just the stress of the tree this year from drought last year? Uh, Michael, good good observation on your part. Uh, yes, we have seen this with quite a lot of variability with ash this spring. I was looking at some yesterday, two ash trees right beside each other. One looked very good and the other was like, oh, wow. Well, only about a third of it had uh, foliage on it. I think you're right. I think that any tree that's been stressed with a drought um, in the past year, last year especially, uh, would be showing weaker growing uh, this spring. Uh, we also know about the emerald ash borer. That is um, really um, is still advancing throughout Minnesota. There are more counties now this spring that are showing up that have the emerald ash borer. When trees get weakened uh, and are in a weakened condition, they seem to be more susceptible to something like the emerald ash borer. So this is a case where you really need to watch those trees and make a decision about the care for the future. Uh, Preventative sprays do help to reduce the infection and prolong the life of ash trees, but it does seem inevitable that we are going to lose a lot of trees to the emerald ash borer. So another good strategy is plant another tree. Think about what additional diversity you can put in your lawn and garden area with planting different kinds of trees. Um, there are many tree care companies that do the injections that will help slow down or prevent emerald ash borer. 
But um, yes, we just see a lot of this happening. So for the most part, I think you really have to face it that the trees are, we're going to lose a lot of ash. So planting other trees is a great strategy. Very good. Uh, Mary, this uh, texture says, this last summer we planted some birch tree clusters. It was in the drought. Uh, when they came back this year, several branches don't have any leaves on them. Should we prune them? comes from Amy in Lake Elmo. Yes, I would go ahead and do that pruning. Take out anything uh, that is dead. Uh, birch tend to have uh, deciduous branches as well as deciduous leaves. So they, they do tend to sh shed a lot of branches um, on the ground. But yes, if you don't have leaves coming out now, um, I would prune those off. And you can do some close inspection. Uh, when you prune, start at the tip and you can look at the inside of the branch if it's totally brown and snaps off. You know, there's no green tissue there, then that branch is dead. But you might find halfway back that the tissue is green. So I would just only prune off what is dead. Okay. Let us take a phone call next. Uh, Ellen, I believe, is calling you from outing uh, this morning. Uh, Ellen, thanks for calling. What's your question for Mary? Yeah, um, I'm in northern Minnesota, and I have a limited growing or a limited garden space. And for the last two years, uh, my tomatoes especially have just been decimated with blight. And so I got some blight-resistant seeds, started my own, um, but then I'm augmenting with some commercial ones also. My question is, is I have now decided to try grow bags so that I can have um, all new soil, and I've got all of the plants um, planted in the grow bags. I'm going to set them on top of the existing garden bed. It just occurred to me that the, the seeds I started were determinate seeds, the ones that I bought from like Home Depot or some are indeterminate. Do I have to do, because they're in grow bags and not in the ground, do I have to do anything to get those to bear fruit? No, you really don't, Ellen. Uh, that determinant and indeterminate is um, what the bud is at the very top of the tomato. Determinate ones end with a flower and they become shorter. Indeterminate never really quits. <laughs> it has leaves at the top bud. So it becomes taller and taller. So the determinant ones are just going to be short plants, uh, kind of kind of easier to maintain. Indeterminate, they'll grow and get as tall as uh, they possibly can. But uh, tomatoes are self-fruitful, so if one plant will set fruit, um, as long as you have them in full sun, that's kind of the biggest limiting factor is really uh, tons of light. And of course, the longer the growing season, that helps. But it's it sounds like you've done a lot of research, and I hope that you've got a good crop this year. Excellent. Let's take another phone call. We'll have a look at the forecast, then we'll do a bunch of text messages, Mary. Billy is calling in, I believe, from Malacca this uh, morning. Uh, Billy, thanks for waiting. What's your question for Mary? I just planted a autumn blaze maple on Wednesday, and we're noticing the leaves are starting to turn a little bit brown at the bottom. Is there any hope for this tree? 
Oh, yes. I I certainly hope so, Billy. Uh, Autumn Blaze is a wonderful selection named for the beautiful fall color that that maple has. But it could be just suffering a little bit from transplant shock. Um, so was this a container or bald and burlapped? Container. Yeah, container. So that's that's good. That means the root system is probably well developed within that container, but it's just a, a change in the conditions where it was growing uh, before and where you have it now. Um, I would pay attention to watering it. We've had good uh, rainfall so far this spring, but you want to make sure that um, you water it at least once a week and there are different ways you can water a tree. Uh, last year, we developed, Extension developed some wonderful videos showing you three different ways to water a tree. So you can't just go out there with a hose and for one minute stand there. That's not enough. So there are some methods of uh, timing yourself three different places around the tree, uh, really putting the hose at the end or using some of the gator bags that you have a volume of water that you want to put on that tree. So watering is really critical the first year. Okay. Let us do this, Mary. Let's take a break. We'll have a look at that forecast, see what the weather looks like for this coming week. Then we have about another half hour of the show to go here on a Smart Garden Show. Any kind of a lawn or garden question from Mary Meyer from the U of M, you can call it in or text it in at 651 461 9226. We'll be back with the forecast in a moment here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here, along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota, answering your lawn and garden questions, either by phone or by text, as usual. Here's that one number to remember for either, 651-461-9226. As usual, too, Mary, we have callers and we have textures, but I was thinking, what a beautiful weekend to get to the Arboretum. Oh, yes. There are so many things blooming at the Arboretum now, Denny. Uh, The azaleas, you know, the Northern Lights azaleas are something the University of Minnesota has been breeding and releasing for many, many years. And they are orange and yellow and pink and white, and they are so fragrant. And they are just about or right at their peak now so they are gorgeous there's still lilacs that you can see blooming and the peonies are starting to bloom so we're a little later this year with our peonies blooming but the first ones are just starting to come out so it's a a fabulous day to go to the arboretum Today is also all about Dog's Day at the Arboretum. And so if you're not aware of this, there are certain days that uh, the Arboretum is open to people who get the dog memberships and people bring their dogs on a (laughs) leash. So if you do go today from 10 to 2, you will see more dogs than you normally do at the Arboretum. But this is something that uh, arboretums across the country have been opening up for dogs to come with certain times and certain ways they can enjoy the arboretum also. But yes, it's a fabulous time to see the arboretum. Uh, but we should, we have to register online, right? 
Oh, yes. Thanks for reminding us. Yes. You still register online. Actually, I'm going there with my grandsons today, and I was just just in between calls here making the reservation. So um, every half hour, there's several hundred people that are admitted. So admission is not an issue. Uh, we just are now asking everyone to register online. On days that are busy at the Arboretum, this has actually helped everyone get um, parking and find access to all the facilities without any um, abnormally large crowds. So I think we will continue our reservation system for uh, the future. It's really, it's kind of a, you just have to remember to do it online, but honestly, sometimes people are sitting in the entry drive online, their phones, making their reservations. So you just, uh, you need to do that, but it's easy to do. Absolutely. And it's much more efficient too. It helps everybody for yes. sure. All right, let's get back to business here. Let's uh, grab a phone call before we pick up on text messages. Larry is calling in, I believe, from West St. Paul this morning. Larry, what is your question for Mary? Good morning. I have a rhododendron issue. The plant, it's doing wonderful, but I can no longer look out my living room window. How far oh, back can I cut it? that's an issue. <laughs> um, well... I would say, yes, um, it's hard for me to tell you to prune the rhododendron because they are so beautiful. Um, I would say don't take off more than one third of the plant. And um, you can take off some smaller, shorter pieces, you know, one or two foot pieces. Um, if you go all the way back to the ground and take off a couple of those stems, that can work too. You can do pruning at the base or just around the tip. But I wouldn't take off more than a third of it. But this another... time of year is a good time to prune it right after it flowers, right? Okay. Mary, we had another, I can't find it now, we had another text that was somewhere down the screen about uh, transplanting a rhododendron. Can you do that now? You can. Uh, the smaller the plant, the better. Uh, rhododendrons are a little bit difficult to transplant. They're not difficult to uh, plant if they've been growing in a container, but it is harder to get a lot of that root system. And because they are evergreen, they've always got their, their leaves or their foliage on, you can't really do it when they're totally dormant. I mean, they're never totally dormant because they're, they're evergreens. But, um, but yes, I would try it in the spring because you've got the whole summer now for the plant to adjust. So I'd wait till after it finishes flowering, dig the hole where you're going to put it before uh, you start digging up the plant. Okay, very good. Uh, thank you, listener, for that. Uh, should you transplant, this texter says, hibiscus a hibiscus tree into another container from the original one. Well, you can continue doing this as the tree gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I think this caller is probably referring to the hibiscus that's not hardy but makes beautiful uh, shrubs that flower a lot uh, for us. Um, yes, you can put it in a larger pot, and then you have to come to the decision of how big do you want this plant to actually get. How big is your room you're going to keep it in in the wintertime? How big is the area where you're going to grow it in the summer? But you can keep keep potting it up in larger pots until it becomes too difficult to move, I guess. All right. 
Uh, this uh, listener says, I have chives growing between my pavers. What can I use to get rid of them? Oh, my gosh. Good for you. I actually think that would be fun. So chives are kind of notorious for self-seeding around, and they have the beautiful uh, purple flowers. Pollinators love chives, and, of course, we love to eat them as an herb. It's one of the one of the perennial herbs that you can easily grow in Minnesota. Um, well, I, I would encourage you could kill them with hot water. Uh, you could just continue to cut them off, prune them off, try to pull them out. But if you have really a lot of them, I would just try the hot water method as far as um, that actually will kill them. And of course, um, any herbicide, chemical herbicides will kill them. You have to be very careful in following the label on that. And they herbicides, of course, you can kill any plant that you're going to uh, put that on. Right. Before we grab a phone call, here's another one that says, we have two mandarin light uh, azalea bushes that were planted in 2017. They bloom every year, but the green foliage seems sparse. We have them fertilized every year, but they seem slow to get bigger. Soil is pretty much clay, and they are on the north side of the house. Any comments there? Yeah, that that kind of is what it is with the azaleas. They tend to be kind of leggy and um, uh, not a lot of foliage. But I would say if your plants are flowering, they are healthy. Uh, because in many times, I, I thought the caller was going to say uh, no flowers. And that can be, you know, the, these uh, azaleas do like um, shady conditions, but it can be so shady that it's hard for them to get enough sun. But um, the only thing I would recommend is if they're they're kind of leggy or sparse, is you can do pruning on them, a small amount of pruning after the flowers are done now, and see if that doesn't uh, encourage some buds to break uh, further down the stem to make it fuller uh, looking. But otherwise, they are kind of leggy. That's kind of how they grow. Uh, you'll see them at the Arboretum, and they you'll see some leggy ones, but uh, pruning might help. Okay. Let's take a phone call from uh, Dorothy. Dorothy is calling in from uh, Minneapolis this morning. Dorothy, you're on CCO with Mary. Hello. I have two burning bush shrubs, and they have just really grown too much. And I'm wondering, is this an okay time to prune them, or do I need to wait like to fall into fall? You can go ahead and prune them now, Dorothy. Um, a burning bush is a very hardy plant. Um, we actually had some of them die in mass a couple of years ago. But, yes, if it's growing um, healthy, you can go ahead and prune that. I would say you want to watch for seedlings on that, actually other plants coming up. Some people have reported that that is starting to be an invasive plant, um, especially in warmer climates. But okay to prune it now, and uh, you're probably not going to damage it uh, with you know cutting off a third of it easily, no problem. Okay. Here's a critic question, Mary. It says, we have a family of woodchucks, groundhogs. Help! They are destroying my garden. <laughs> what can I do? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yes. Well, um, so woodchucks live in the ground, and they make a large hole in the ground. Uh, they will have multiple hole or entry exit holes to this burrow, but locating where the burrow is, is one thing. Um, 
you could try live trapping them, uh, but you can try uh, closing up their burrow. Um, yeah, wood, woodchucks are very destructive. Um, I would try to do some type of um, uh, barrier so that they cannot get in, especially your vegetable garden. Sometimes they will even dig in from the outside with the fencing, but I would try to use a physical obstruction to get rid of them. Try to figure out where they're living, where they're coming from. And, um, and then I would actually have to go online and read what the DNR recommends or how uh, woodchucks are actually controlled in Minnesota. I haven't done that for a while. But you try to make it as inhospitable as you can so they won't move or go somewhere else. And, and I think if I tried all that and failed, I would call a pest control company that's local. <laughs> yes, I yeah, I I think trapping uh is something they do for woodchucks, but the, woodchucks are big. So you got to have like yeah. the biggest uh trap to get them in. I think that may be in our first uh, question about uh, woodchucks. Uh, moles is one thing yeah. and bulls, but woodchucks. All right, Mary, <laughs> we uh, we need to take a break. When we come back, Dolores, you're going to be first up on the phone and then more text messages here on our Smart Garden show. We are around every Saturday with our Garden Lawn and Garden Talk here on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour on News Talk 830 WCCO. Stay with us. Welcome back on this Saturday morning to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota answering your lawn and garden questions, of which there are many. Uh, Mary, we promised Dolores uh, she'd be first here calling in from uh, Arden Hills. Thanks for waiting, Dolores. What is your question? Yes, I received a Zygo cactus for Christmas. It's white. It's very pretty with a, a kind of a, a pink throat to it. And it says that it likes to be to dry out but the soil is so porous that when i water it it just goes through the hole i'm i'm not quite sure that 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 the soil that i'm keeping it even moist it's doing well but it's kind of hard to keep it watered to let it dry that much it said keep it dry let it dry out is is that the way the best way to keep it alive Yes, I think it is, Dolores. Um, many plants, especially cactus, do like well-drained soil conditions. Their roots like to have as much oxygen as they do water. And so they're, they're actually sold in very porous or um, airy soil mixes. So, yes, the fact that it drains quickly is a good sign. Um, I can understand what you're saying, though. It seems like the water just runs right through it. It doesn't hold any water. But I would maybe set it in, in a sink or a place where it can drain and water it a couple of times so that timing-wise you're actually letting the soil be moist for, I don't know, five, ten minutes or so. And then that's enough time for the roots to take up moisture and for even though it's a, a airy mix, it will still hold some water. You will need to water it, um, you know, on a regular basis, but I would just, it's, it's okay if it runs out. It's a good sign, really. All right, good. 
This listener, uh, Lawn and Garden question, says, I used dormant seeding last winter. I put down crabgrass preventer this spring. Will the grass seed ever germinate? I'm thinking it was a waste of seed. Oh, gosh. I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yes. I. Uh, you know, those are two um, counteracting things. And it does take a while for the dormant seed to come up because it was cold this spring and the soil stayed cold. We know that crabgrass has germinated now. Uh, other lawn seed that was dormant or even seeded this spring is starting to come up. But the pre-emergence kill all the seed. They're not discriminate. Anything that's a seed, they can kill the pre-emergence. So unfortunately, um, dormant seeding was good, but the pre-emergent after dormant seeding wasn't a good idea. Right. Another lawn question, Mary, uh, from New Hope. It says, I used a seeded grass mat in my yard. Do you think it'll work, and how long will it take to disappear from my yard? What is that, by the way? I have not, yeah, that, that mat, I have not used one of those, but that seed impregnated with some, usually fabric and mulch, that kind you kind of lay down like a like a mesh, on your your soil and everything is in there and it kind of um holds things in in place and uh yeah it kind of roll those out and put them down yes i think that definitely should work timing it it can take a couple or even three weeks for some of the uh, seed to germinate that's our cool season lawn grasses some might come up in seven days. 14 to 21 is actually more normal. So I would give it a good three weeks. Try to keep it moist if it doesn't rain. Um, and yes, it's actually a good idea. Rather than just putting seed down by itself, uh, the mats help to hold moisture as well. Okay. This listener says, I have thistles growing in my vegetable garden. The roots are very deep and can't dig them all out. What can I use to get rid of them and still feel safe planting vegetables or even eating my rhubarb now? Well, that's a tough question. Those thistles, the Canada thistle is a, is a gigantic plant. Uh, what you see above ground is like the tip of the iceberg with what's underground. And even, yes, this caller knows it well. You pull this up and you just get kind of a white stem on these thistles because the true root system is a couple feet down. It's called a subterranean root system. It's actually... A fabulous thing to look at up online and see what that root system looks like, but it, it's kind of depressing also to see that root system. Uh, if you want to plant food crops there, just continually cut off the tops. Continually cut off the tops. Eventually, you will win. Uh, otherwise, you use a chemical control. You can use something like glyphosate, which is translocated. Uh, that's Roundup, you know, you put that on the plant, it's taken up, and it will move down into the root system. But you got to be really careful that you don't put that on any other vegetables. You kind of have to just specifically treat the, the sprout that's coming up with a thistle. I would just try cutting it off repeatedly, and then maybe in the fall, after your vegetables are done, uh, if you still see some, then you can use a chemical control. Okay. A couple of minutes to go, Mary. Let's see how many folks we can help out here. How often, this text says, should I water newly planted reed grasses? 
Yeah, so the reed grass, feather reed grass, is one of our uncut or ornamental grasses. This is a cool season grass that loves the weather conditions that we're having now. If you planted it from a container, a pot that you bought in the nursery, once a week is enough to water it. It doesn't require a lot of water. All right. Uh, boy, oh boy, we're coming down to the last minute or so. What's the best way to get rid of poison ivy? Comes from Ron and Hinckley. How do you get rid of poison ivy? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So here, uh, poison ivy, um, a chemical control. Um, if you don't want to use a chemical, then solarization or covering it up. But you have to be really careful, of course, that you don't touch the plant. So you can't go in and cu start cutting it off with pruners. I mean, this is a sure way removing it like that. You're going to get the poison ivy. So I would say uh, cover it up either with an organic mulch or with a tarp or something or use a chemical control. So this is where uh, chemical control is actually our friend because poison ivy is the plant. It's got a big root system. And if you put a chemical on it, it will translocate down and kill the root uh, system. So where you have kids and so on, you really don't want a plant like poison ivy because it is so uh, so difficult with so the difficult rash to that get it causes. Rid of. Mary, we are out of time. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. And uh, we look forward to our next meeting. Oh, I do too, Denny. It's so fun to talk about gardening. Thank, Great thank to you. Great talk. Great. And don't forget to get on the website, extension.umn.edu. You're going to love all the information you're going to find there. Thanks to Mary Meyer from the U of M helping us out on our Smart Garden Show. Uh, get those home improvement questions ready next hour here on 830-WCCO. Stay with us. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 